Hi, everybody. Welcome to Oscar Wild, a podcast about film, always counting down to this year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rorkraut. And I'm Sophia Simonello. And today is a very exciting episode for multiple reasons. One, it's 100. We've made it to our 100th episode. I think that's something to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry to everyone. Also, I'm like kind of losing my voice because I screamed this morning, which is so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a little hoarse, but yeah, very, very excited to celebrate 100 episodes. It has been quite a ride. I think we've grown so much as a show and I've really just enjoyed like spending all of this time talking to you, arguing about movies, figuring out what's going to happen with award season. And today definitely threw us some surprises. Yeah. I mean, every week we come back, we talk about movies old and new, and that's been a really fun journey. I've seen so many that I've been wanting to see, some that you forced me to see, some that (laughs) the awards season and the Oscar ceremonies have forced me to see. But... It's been great. I love this and I can't wait for the next 100, the next 50, the next 20. As long as we get through award season, I think we'll get there. (laughs) So the second part of this episode being special is that Oscar nominations came out this morning. So we'll be diving into all of those. Yes, some surprises, some of me screaming, gasping on the train. Oh my God, you watched on the train. I had to watch live. Yeah, on the way to work. So... (laughs) <laughs> Me like walking, speed walking down the sidewalk, fist pumping, and we'll get there. Some yes. <laughs> fun reactions. Yeah, I guess. So I was going to ask you like what your experience was watching these, but you had quite a different one than I did, it seems, since you were like on the go. It was very weird. I was glad for the split. I knew that was coming so I could check Twitter, look at texts. But yeah, I was on my phone walking so I could only be on the live stream. And I had my notifications off because I was watching like a little staggered. So I didn't want anything spoiled. Did you have it on your TV, computer open, like three different devices going? (laughs) Yeah, I did. So I had, it's so funny because I had my TV on, got giant iced coffee beforehand, like went to go get that. (laughs) I wrote down all of my predictions by hand in alphabetical order so I could like cross off and know what was coming next. Mm -hmm. So I had my little setup going. And as soon as everything started, that completely went out the window because I was just (laughs) so invested in what was happening and like thrown off by what what had just happened and would get mm-hmm. so excited about nominees that I would completely miss certain snubs. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a big one that I really, I didn't know happened even until like a couple minutes later when you told me via text that it had mm-hmm. actually happened at all. So it was good. I mean, it's always nerve wracking. It's like an anxiety ridden time, you know, wanting all of your favorites to get in, but then also like reassuring yourself, you know what? It doesn't matter. Like, if they're not nominated, it's still going to be my favorite movie of the year. I have that. But when push comes to shove, you really do want to see a lot of the nominations Mm -hmm. turn out in your favor and to see kind of what it means. So there were obviously some big things that I had problems with that we can get to. But just as a whole, I'm pretty happy. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. Overall, there were so many good surprises that I was left feeling pretty elated and I'm like still thinking about those surprises Mm -hmm. so we'll get to those first off just the big category no more preferential ballot 
the best picture nominees we have are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. How do you feel about this 10? For me, I was too off. I had Being the Ricardos and Tick, Tick, Boom in. I feel pretty good about this list. I took a gamble and actually took out Tick, Tick, Boom because of my feeling that I had that it wouldn't make it in. So I'm glad I trusted my gut on that one. I took out Tick, Tick, Boom and Being the Ricardos at the last minute and replaced them with Drive My Car and The Tragedy of Macbeth. I thought... You know, the tragedy of Macbeth being by a Coen brother, like it might have some sort of Phantom Thread-esque resurgence at the last minute, but that clearly didn't happen. So Nightmare Alley, interesting. I didn't really see that coming. Mm -mm. And for it to not get any nominations in director, in writing, in acting, but Bradley Cooper got a nomination. Now half of his nominations practically are producing. He's the Warren Beatty (laughs) of our time. I was going to say he's going to try to fight Kenneth Branagh for that top spot of having the most nominations in different categories. So (laughs) we'll give him time. might take a while, but I have faith. And Tick, Tick, Boom didn't get in, but it did get editing, which I really didn't expect. Mm -mm. Also with this list, half our streaming, and we kind of talked about this on our predictions episode, but the streaming of it all, how do you feel? You know, I think back to what I said on our last award season check-in before we got BAFTA, but after we got PGA, just about like if the producers don't care about box office, who is going to? And I think this is a turning point for the Academy where I think it shows that the Academy is moving ahead, moving right along with streaming. And that's not a stigma anymore. I think once upon a time we thought like, Netflix is trying so hard for Best Picture. When will Netflix win Best Picture? Knock on wood, I think this might be the year. For better or worse, it really could be. Don't, no, no, no. We're not going to entertain that. We're not going to go there. The Power of the Dog has 12 nominations. We just need to, (laughs) Don't Look Up is not happening. No acting, no directing. Mm -hmm. It does have editing, but we're, it's not happening. Mm -mm. We're not doing it. But yeah, on The Power of the Dog for a second. So I know I've been raving about this movie all year. I was shocked it got 12 nominations that it maxed out. Mm-hmm. When I saw that it got production design and it didn't even show up at ADG or SDSA, I was like, okay, something's about to happen here. Like, what what's going on? But yeah, it got 12 nominations. We have Picture, Director for Jane Campion, Adapted Screenplay, Actor for Cumberbatch, Supporting Actress for Dunst, Two supporting actors, which I'm so glad I stuck with that prediction there. Um, Cody Smith-McPhee and Jesse Plemons. Editing, cinematography, score, sound, and production design. An amazing haul. I mean, it maxed out. No, it's incredible. If you would have told me last week, like, The Power of the Dog is going to get more nominations than Dune, I would have called you crazy. (laughs) Yeah, even with those other two, I would say Jesse Plemons and production design, it still would have had 10, which... Yes, Dune got 10, thank God. But I think this is also showing us how much support it has. And, you know, maybe that is a really good sign that it does have Best Picture winning potential. Yeah. And I I think a thing that I saw this week or heard this week from people who were really high on Belfast and thinking Belfast could win Best Picture, they were saying, like, the power of the dog might not show up in editing because it missed editing at BAFTA. 
And they were like, you need an editing nomination to win Best Picture. I'm going to ask those people now, can you win Best Picture without editing? Because Belfast missed editing. But I think the power of the dog also, I mean, we're not doing like winning predictions right now, but getting the sound and editing nominations, that pair, um, the only two that we had that crossed over were Dune and the power of the dog that got both. I'm very happy, though, with my favorite movie of the year having the front runner status, just like Nomadland last year. It's a good place to be until it isn't maybe in a couple weeks. <laughs> I won't make the horrible comparison to another Netflix movie a couple years ago that had a lot and didn't win any. So you're going to say The Irishman, but The Irishman had stiff competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have a parasite. I think this has way more potential to pull through though too yeah it is different i'm just teasing i know and just going over other streaming platforms too so netflix has the top spot again with 27 the past two years it had 24 nominations and then 37 last year so it went down but it's still in the lead disney had 23 nominations amazon prime had four not a great showing and this doesn't include mgm's eight because it hasn't been fully bought by amazon yet and then apple tv plus had six nominations so i think for its first year that's pretty exciting that really speaks to coda but i think as a platform it shows that there's potential i agree and next year apple will have killers of the flower moon coming out the new scorsese movie so i think that that will be their big entry into the oscar race Mm -hmm. not that coda isn't a big entry but it's Mm -hmm. a sundance movie it's very very different than a scorsese crime drama a small entry <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's fair it was also a great day for international films drive my car it did it people doubted it including me including both of us that it could get into best picture and it did also hamaguchi got a director nomination it got an adapted screenplay nomination and was nominated for international feature what did you think about drive my car picking up four big nominations huge i think For me, it just solidifies where this Academy has been going in terms of including these international nods every year in big categories. We also had Worst Person in the World coming in original screenplay. So I think two international features showing up here, not including Penelope Cruz being an actress, I think it's showing that there is a shift. And with the Academy growing, I think this is something that we can... Like, I think third time's a charm. Like, finally say every year this is going to happen. And we're going to wait until that next, like, okay, well, this has happened the past eight years. Is it going to happen again? You know, kind of like this whole best actor. There's one newcomer in the category. And this year, like that, I think 40-year streak is over. So Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be seeing this in terms of international features from now on, which is great. I love that. Thank you, Bong Joon-ho, for sparking that and for telling people to go watch movies with subtitles. So I screamed when the worst person in the world got screenplay because the second being the Ricardos missed, I knew like we were in for something else. But at first, I thought it was going to be the French Dispatch, which ended up pulling a donut, getting no nominations Mm -hmm. all day which did surprise me a little bit. But yeah, seeing the worst person in the world there, that was just so exciting. We always talk about like the screenplay categories being places where cool things like that can happen. And you and I both, like it was, it's one of our favorite movies of the year. It was in mm-hmm. both of our top fives. And now because of this, more people are going to see the movie. 
and it's already doing great numbers out of New York and LA where it's already open. So I hope that a lot of people check it out. It's a great movie. Flea also made history, international feature, documentary feature, animated feature. It got all three and is the first movie to get all three. I, d- I doubted we it as well. <laughs> the, <laughs> <Yeah>. whole <season. laughs> the whole season. And Flea got an international over a hero, which is like my biggest snub of the day. Ugh, like I was just gutted. But mm-hmm. I think this is a great feat for that movie. And this is just another big sign that Neon has the campaign strength and they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that Neon has proven that they are savvier campaigners than A24. I think a lot of people like kind of pit them oh, yeah. up against each other. And yeah, this is this is definitely Neon's year. But I'm excited for Drive My Car to flee the worst person in the world. I think that this also shows that critics still do have a voice in the Oscar race. And if something is really hitting with critics, no matter how small or how maybe daunting it is of a watch, like a three-hour Japanese film, it can make it in. I mean, getting the Mm -hmm. National Society of Film Critics, New York Film Critics Circle, and L.A., that's a huge deal and it can't be dismissed. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping that in mind in the future. Also, I agree with you with a hero. I love a hero. I was actually hoping that could find its way into original screenplay Mm -hmm. as well. And we definitely have a spot for it in that category, but yeah, even though a hero isn't nominated, highly recommend seeing that it is on prime right now. Okay. We mentioned a few of these already, but some surprises, some snubs, First off, Lady Gaga. I mean, this was a funeral to another wonderful campaign by her. It's crazy because she held the record for being the only actress this season with the Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, SAG, and BAFTA nominations. And she didn't show up. (laughs) Yeah. The Academy did not like House of Gucci. This category, just watching it in real time, was... It was just a sensory overload, just processing everything that came through because mm-hmm. I really wanted, and I was on the record about this, Penelope Cruz to be nominated. So when I saw her name, and I just, again, had a feeling it could happen, when I saw her name and she was third, you're like, okay, we don't have that many spots left here like we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the rest of the alphabet. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who who are these last two names going to be? I obviously was hoping Alana Haim could get in, but Nicole Kidman, we were predicting, but Kristen Stewart showing up, she did it. (laughs) Congratulations to all of the Kristen Stewart fans that held on strong. I did not. What do you think of this category as a whole, though? None of them are really jumping out at me like this needs to win, which scares me that we might have a repeat like last year. Where everybody's I think we are. <laughs> oh no. Where everybody's rooting for somebody else, where everybody's predicting one of the five, and it's just like a roll of the dice for Oscar night. Yeah. I mean I can tell you what I think's gonna happen. I think that now Kristen Stewart's gonna win Critics Choice, and then we're going to have someone who's not even in this category win BAFTA, and SAG is going to go to Probably. I mean, like, it could go to Nicole Kidman, I guess. So we could have Nicole winning Golden Globe and SAG. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gaga got SAG and BAFTA. 
and then we're just like here at the Oscars. Like who's Gaga it gonna winning be? the BAFTA. Who's gonna win the BAFTA? <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. this might be more a crack than last year's. That's what. Yeah, I I don't know. So it would be nice if it was like Renata Reinsvoll or Alanaheim winning BAFTA. But yeah, I think it's going to be all over the place, just like last year. And you know that anyone who's a fan of Kristen Stewart's performance is going to carry Mulligan it the whole season. This is oh, how Kristen Stewart can win. Absolutely. But the thing about Kristen Stewart, not a single person here has a correlating Best Picture nomination. Not a single one. It's it's hard to kind of tell who has the most support in the Academy without that so really anyone could win i'm not gonna say like none of them can't it's true i feel like kidman and coleman would be at the top of the list because of if there were like 12 nominees or 15 nominees i feel like those two would have made it in i think coleman is really strong because that jesse buckley nomination that came along with her and then having adapted screenplay, like, I I really think it could happen again. It's a strong combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the actors loved being the Ricardos because J.K. Simmons and Javier Bardem got in. Exactly. Them too. But looking at this category, I'm kind of bored. And that is never how I want to feel about Best Actress. It's my favorite category at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think about last year where, yes, like, that Best Actress race was crazy and all over the place, but we had... Frances McDormand, Vanessa Kirby, and Carrie Mulligan all playing real people. We had two black actresses in the mix. We had Viola Davis. We had Andrew Day, who was brand new. Carrie Mulligan also coming back after, you know, years from her first nomination for an education. We had a veteran in Fran. Vanessa Kirby was getting her first nominations. It was just a really exciting mix with a lot of performances that I really liked. And this year, it feels like I'm looking at a, no- a lineup for best actor in 2013. I'm just like, why are all of these biopics here? These are people who have all been recognized before for the most part, like with nominations and a lot of their movies are not well liked. So I'm just confused, I guess, as to how this happened. And I just had so many people who I was really excited about who didn't make it in, who I would have been very excited to see have a first nomination. Yeah, I mean, do we think the Academy is going to award the newcomer, award the person with three nominations, or award one of the two people with the best actress win or one with a supporting win? I mean, who knows? That's the thing. It's like, I don't I don't have a good read on this category at all. Yeah. And I feel like I usually can kind of tell where it's going. This year, no clue. Because I'm also not going to say that because last week I was like, oh, it's got to be Gaga. She's hit everywhere. Week before it was Kidman. Earlier in the season it was Stewart. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm done guessing until I know more information. <laughs> well, you saying this category is boring. I thought when they started Best Actor reading Javier Bardem, I was just like immediately bored. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is his mm-hmm. not best performance ever. This is not something he should be nominated for. And it was four of the five that we had seen all season. And with him, I mean, he was a Golden Globe nom. He's been mentioned throughout multiple ceremonies, too. And I was like, "Uh, okay, now what? Next. Yeah, and having his name read first, it was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Now we know. (laughs) Wish I didn't. I think what's so upsetting about it, too, is 
I haven't seen Cyrano still, but Peter Dinklage, like I like him from what I've heard. He gave a great performance in that movie and would have been a really worthy first time nominee. But Mm -hmm. the campaign. It's a campaign that should have happened three months ago, pushed him that way, gotten him into another nomination along the way. And I think it really could have happened. And it's Mm -hmm. just disappointing that it didn't. Right. And I think, too, you have Hidetoshi Nishijima from Drive My Car, but he's not here because, again, we decide that we're going to recognize international films, but stay away from the acting categories for the most part. That's why I'm mm-hmm. very happy Penelope Cruz got in. Um, but yeah, plenty of options there. And yeah. we went just straight down the line. Like, okay, this is what we're doing. So I don't know if this is what I was most devastated by i guess it probably was i was just so shocked i couldn't figure it out because i was walking and i heard steven spielberg instead of Denis villeneuve and i was just like what just happened in best director like that is crazy yeah i'm gonna give you the floor for this you can you can take your time because i i know that this is painful for you (laughs) this is a lot it's just like what does the dga have against him the academy he was nominated for a rival, and that's it. It's like, is that what he's going to be remembered for? <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone was consoling me all day. You included, like, Dune Part 2. He'll come back. But uh, I don't know. Like, I know this is a bigger movie than A Quiet Place Part 2 or The Suicide Squad, but those didn't show up here. So I don't know how... The Academy really feels about sequels, and especially one in director or best picture. Well, if it gives you any solace, The Godfather Part 2 happened. (laughs) 40 plus years ago. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, like... If Dune Part 2 is as an iconic piece of work as The Godfather Part 2, then... I'm just saying... Give it to me. I'm not saying okay, this, this is going to be the Godfather I'm Part Two. I'm like really stretching. You comparing Dune to the Godfather. No, no, no. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm just trying to. I know how you feel right now because I was so sure that he was nominated that I didn't even know what happened. I fully missed this, like, because in my head I was so concerned with PTA getting in that when I saw, I was like, okay, Brianna's here, like whatever, fine. Then I saw. Hamaguchi and I was like okay cool like he was very similar to Vinterberg with BAFTA last year like director screenplay that crossed over we were right about that amazing and then I saw PTA and I was just like woohoo PTA like so excited and then of course like seeing Campion I was so excited like seeing PTA and Campion back to back that Mm -hmm. it just like I fully missed that Denis wasn't Mm -hmm. there and honestly I don't have an explanation I have no idea how or why this happened. Like, he has been everywhere this season. And, like, this film, everyone has been saying, is, like, the directorial achievement of the year. Like, taking this material and making this type of movie out of it on this technical level and this grand scale. And I was really shocked by Steven Spielberg even being here. Mm -hmm. No screenplay nomination. No editing nomination. No. They got seven noms, but I was like, whoa, I don't know what's happening. Like, this movie is so mixed. I don't get that either. (laughs) Like, I'm happy for it. 
I would be pushing this to maybe win Best Picture now even. West Side? Compared to other things, but... Oh, yeah. No, no. I, yeah, yeah. Sure. This just totally threw me. And thankfully, it was one of the last ones they announced this morning. I was just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah, and then it's like, okay, I'm really happy, obviously, that they did recognize Spielberg because it's one of his best movies. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he proved he can direct a musical. Yeah, West Side Story, incredibly mixed bag. And then you have Licorice Pizza, which got three nominations, picture, director, and screenplay. I'm like, okay, they like PTA, but nothing else in this movie. Like, none of the actors, none of the crafts. It's like, okay, we just like this man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening here and those are a big three to get yeah <laughs> huge the the biggest three you can get you okay great cool <laughs> it's just a strange year i think that it comes mm-hmm. down to like campaigning and not having those in-person things i think like really makes a difference but again if you look at dune and you're like okay visual effects production design costume design who do you think made all of that happen I mean, I I just can't talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm really sorry. I uh, I feel terrible because I know. I mean, like my greatest fear was that Campion or PTA would miss for McKay, and I feel like this is a similar experience for you. Yeah, it just happened to you. So I'm sorry. That's horrible. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about Belfast, and just like I think what it means now because I think heading into today. We were thinking, like, The Power of the Dog and Belfast were the two movies that we needed to see how they performed above and below the line and how that would create a path to picture for both of those movies or either of those movies. And Belfast, it got a decent haul. Picture, director, screenplay, supporting actor, supporting actress, sound, and song. So we have seven nominations. I'm not going to say a movie that has seven Oscar nominations didn't have a good day necessarily, but I think let's start out with what happened in Supporting Actress, which was the very first category we got today and just threw me for a loop completely. And I just Mm -hmm. thought, okay, this whole morning is going to be incredibly chaotic based on what happened there. First name we get is Jesse Buckley. And I'm like, amazing great she gave an incredible performance that i think people aren't talking about as much as they should when they read judy dench's name (laughs) and you have to process at the same time that not only is judy dench nominated for belfast but that katrina balf is not nominated for belfast it's just a lot because i think i mean balf had shown up everywhere Judy Dench was nowhere all season. I also think Katrina Balfe gave the best performance in the movie. It was not Judy Dench, but we talked about this movie previously on a pod, and that's what you're left with is Judy Dench. So maybe everyone's mm-hmm. just reminded of her uh-huh. in the end, just like my rewatch of Avatar. Like you get this close up <sighs> of the eyes, and that's <laughs> that's Judy Dench through the window. You know, I'm not going to compare her to Avatar, but I'm wondering if it's a similar thing to why Cody Smith McPhee has been sweeping this season. When you finish The Power of the Dog, like he's the last face you see. You're left with him at the very end. And I do think maybe that lasting power on voters is important. And we have to maybe consider that in the future when we're thinking about these categories. Mm -hmm. 
Judy Dench, she's also won before. She won with eight minutes of screen time, so she can really do anything. I guess we just shouldn't count her out. <laughs> she's a legend, and mm-hmm. when we saw Belfast, I feel like we said, like, okay, Judy, Kieran, they're in. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, the the trajectory of campaigning has changed since then, but we weren't wrong by our initial thoughts. We really weren't. I mean, we were considering the double-double, like Dornan, mm-hmm. Hines, Balf, and Dunch. I just don't think we expected it to happen this way. I think a thing that's been coming up today and that I've been thinking about is, did the thing that happened with Lakeith Stanfield last year happen with Katrina Balf, but just not yielding successful results? Meaning, did voters vote for her in Best Actress? even though she was campaigned and supporting. Because she does have a really prominent presence in the movie. I think you could make the argument that she's a lead. Like, did that confuse voters? And maybe mm-hmm. did that kind of screw up her chances here? It's funny you mention that because when she didn't show up in supporting, I was like, okay, no, she's in lead. And I was like, wait, what category is she in? And then they went through lead and she wasn't there. And I was like, wait, I don't know anymore. Not that I was confused in her performance, but I was confused thinking about where she went when she didn't show up. Right. It was just, it was weird. And I do feel badly for her. I mean, to have that movie get a good amount and then for her to not show up when she was maybe expecting it. She was the best part of that movie, but she also was a newcomer. And maybe Mm -hmm. again, if you're thinking of Belfast, you know those legend names and you could write that down. Yeah. And I think also, like, Belfast, it definitely appeals to the older population in the Academy. And I think that a lot of those members of the Academy, yeah, you're right, they know Judy Dench. Like, she's someone Mm -hmm. who's been with them. And, you know, also, they might relate to her experience in the movie or, like, relate to her and Hines more than they do to Mm -hmm. Dornan and Balf. So I think that that could have happened here. I think that's also... I think we expected Heinz to get in and not Dornan, so that wasn't as surprising. But yeah, starting out the morning, no Balf. I know right now we're just talking about Belfast, but we have to mention another snub while we're in this category. Ruth Nega, like, come on. Yeah. Judy Dunch getting in over Ruth Nega is all sorts of shades of Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell getting in over J-Lo for Hustlers to me. And I don't like it. I think that Ruth Nega is i think my biggest snub of the day definitely in the acting categories yeah that's fair i was so scared when they read kirsten dunce and i was like who is this final person gonna be and i was so relieved when it was ingenue ellis though mm-hmm. i thought she was gonna be out and ingenue we were both upset when she missed sag so i am really happy that she got the nomination yeah i just wish that ruth nego was in there too yeah I mean, passing another zero nominations from Mm -hmm. Netflix, which, again, maybe we just look at the way they're campaigning their movies when you have multiple films that you want to get in. I think I was thrown off because BAFTA really liked it. But I'll tell you what, I don't think I'm ever going to look at the BAFTAs when I have to predict ever again. I'm just going to (laughs) appreciate them as their own awards show, and that's fine. But wow. Back to Belfast, though. (laughs) Were you happy about cinematography the category as a whole so Belfast missed cinematography but West Side Story did make it in so we had the ASC5 but you sub out Belfast for West Side Story I was really happy with cinematography and 
looking at my predictions, cinematography and adapted screenplay were the only places I got five for five on. So very happy here. Happy for Ari Wegner being the second female DP nominated ever. Love these visuals in these movies. But to your point, yes, when they didn't read Belfast, I was ecstatic. (laughs) I was just so excited. West Side Story was here, too, because I really love that puddle shot in the movie. I think we talked about that in the episode, but I just kept thinking about it the past few weeks because it wasn't showing up. It like it didn't show up at the Guild. It didn't show up at BAFTA. Mm-hmm. So I was scared and I'm very happy that it found its way back in here. Obviously thrilled for Ari Wegner for The Power of the Dog, Bruno Delbonel. So I, I think it's a good category. I do think it's striking that Belfast missed here because they love black and white movies. Mank won last year. So I mm-hmm. was expecting... A movie that is strong and, you know, had a good position as front runner to pick up cinematography. There's also a good correlation between cinematography and director. And without that, I feel like Branna can't win director. Um, it feels like I know we know that or we feel really strongly about it being champions. But I think without that here and we've talked about that often, a DP being kind of the, the second hand to the director. I think that shows that there is a little bit of weakness there for the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think with editing, where Belfast also didn't show up, I shouldn't have been, but I was pretty surprised with King Richard showing up. Mm -hmm. That was a movie we thought would get in a long time ago. I remember talking Mm -hmm. about it because we were talking about how it's a very well put together, well edited film, especially I think those tennis matches, the practices, like capturing that, I think... You know, it shows someone who's a really dynamic editor and also great to see a woman here, Pamela Martin. They stayed like pretty true to the guild here as far as like people. I was hoping Licorice Pizza could get in, but Andy Jurgensen being a newcomer and not being an ace, I wasn't that shocked. I think we knew Hank Corwin would get in here because they love his style. They're Mm -hmm. a most editing group. But yeah, I definitely expected to see Belfast and The Power of the Dog. So when it was... One of them, I was surprised. Also, shout out to the editors of Tick, Tick, Boom, who worked on The French Dispatch, but ended up here for Tick, Tick, Boom. I guess that feels like more of a sound accompanying nomination Mm -hmm. versus a fully film editing nomination. That's why I was surprised to see it, because I thought that that, if that happened, it was going to be No Time to Die Yeah, that did that instead. Does this spell doom for Belfast? That it didn't get editing? I wouldn't say it's completely out. I think some are still going to be rooting for it because it's really giving me those like green book potential vibes for picture. And I remember feeling at the time like, oh my God, what if this happens? Mm -hmm. And now it's, oh my God, what if Belfast happens? Yeah, I'm still, honestly, I've been like pretty firm on this all season that Belfast has been giving me the trial of the Chicago 7 vibes. And it still kind of feels like that to me. I know that Aaron Sorkin Mm -hmm. wasn't nominated for Best Director, but I think Branna got in here because if you like the movie, like the movie is very clearly about him, right? It's a personal story. I think if Aaron Sorkin had been, you know, associated with the Chicago 7, actually, he probably would have gotten into Director too. So, Well, you know what's not going to help Branna and Belfast is the release of Death on the Nile later this month. And 
maybe after that you can ask me the same question and hopefully my response will be yes it's done (laughs) (laughs) yeah belfast is a sweet movie we talked about it i am scared of don't look up like i just i want it to go away that's what i just i need that to go away um more than anything else when you look at the power of the dogs nominations do you feel like there are any categories now where you're maybe unsure of it, but now you think maybe it can pull out a win even? Besides director, I still feel like it has a chance in picture, supporting actress, adapted screenplay, and cinematography. It's kind of a weird combination. Adapted screenplay at this point, I feel like that could go in any direction based on how the studios campaign their movies. And I think it could be a real fight against Dune in a few of these. Cinematography, sound, namely. Yeah, I am really starting to see a chance for cinematography, which I hadn't really before. I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be Dune or even The Tragedy of Macbeth. But I think there's a real narrative for Ari Wegner there. She's the second woman to ever be nominated. I think that they could like really pick up on that and celebrate and want to celebrate that and... Mm-hmm. Her work in this movie is stunning. I also think, like, actor is not totally sewn up. I know people want to say it is, but nothing ever is. Will Smith is not really campaigning. Benedict Cumberbatch is campaigning. And I just mm-hmm. could see a world where that does happen. I don't think it's necessarily as easy as people want it to be. But who knows? Mm-hmm. And I feel like Cody Smith McPhee, despite what we're saying, like, we've been saying, like, oh, it feels like a weird winner. I mean, I think he's going to win. Yeah, now that we have them, I feel like, I mean, he's been the front runner this whole season. Besides him, I would be rooting for Troy Kotzer. Mm-hmm. I would too. He's definitely my other choice. And those are two newcomers. Mm-hmm. Wild. Like, that's an exciting morning for this category. Just it wild. really is. Oh, I had another question for you. If the Golden Globes were televised, do you think these nominations would look different? I was looking through those nominations earlier, and I was like, kind of surprised with how much they matched up oddly i don't think there's a world you can say no mm-hmm. but i think it would have been pretty slight yeah i think it's just in one category i do think rachel zegler would have been nominated for best actress mm-hmm. because that stat is so strong the golden globe winner and an nbr winner to get in here and i think she would have delivered a great speech and people would have seen that and it's just unfortunate that that probably affected her campaign i mean i wonder if west side story would have even had a better morning Mm -hmm. if that had to yeah right tony kushner also not that he won a globe but missing screenplay that feels like a big snub to me there was definitely room in that category for him are you excited to talk about these movies for two more months (laughs) (laughs) uh some of them sure yeah What are the ones that you still have to watch? I have eight left to watch. I mentioned a few of them already. Some of the oddballs are Coming to America, Free Guy, Spencer. Oh, I forgot you I'll let you know how I feel about that. (laughs) How about you? How many do you have left to see? I need to watch Lunana, Yak in the Classroom. I have to watch Riding with Fire, Four Good Days. Oh, yes. Diane Warren. Mm -hmm. She came through. She made it in. And coming to America. I was very proud of myself that I knocked out all of animated, though, and almost all Mm -hmm. of documentary and international feature. 
The song category always kills me, though. Diane Warren, once again, you make me watch Breakthrough. <laughs> now you make me watch Four Good Days. Honestly, she is the best marketing campaign for any movie. She is. <laughs> Congratulations, Diane Warren. I'm so happy for you. So that's it for our Oscar reactions wrap up. I'm feeling okay about these nominees. And I think we better be because we're about to talk about them for two more months. I've really enjoyed our first 100 episodes. And I'm excited that we're bringing back our Contender series. So we started this in our first year. And I think it was really helpful before the Oscars going category by category. We will tell you about all of the creators for each film in each category, what they kind of brought to their roles on the team. And for our first episode, we will be covering the following categories, visual effects, production design, score, and original song. Our nominees for visual effects, we had Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. For production design, we had Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. And then for original score, we have Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. And then for original song, we have Belfast, Encanto, Four Good Days, King Richard, and No Time to Die. I think this is an eclectic group of (laughs) movies to talk about for our first Contenders episode. It is going to be fun going through these. I remember doing these last year and talking about the nominees, their past wins, how we feel like these movies have been doing throughout the season and their potential. I think it does really lay the groundwork for stable Oscar Mm -hmm. predicting. And that's all you can hope for and do. Right. And I think, too, it, it makes me even more invested in the race, like in each individual category, because... I feel like I learn so much about these people and I become much more invested in the work that they do, whether I love the movie or not. So I feel like it's just a really fun thing that we do and I'm excited that we're continuing it this season. So we'll see you next week for that. And if you like our show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Oscar Wild Pod. Thanks for listening. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.